0: Hello and welcome to B-Side, where we revisit business world stories and tell a few of our own. Mental health is this generation's battle, even more so now while the country is on lockdown and people are either self-isolating or self-quarantining as the world tries to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. Awareness of mental health issues has reduced the stigma in seeking help and treatment. However, it is still an issue that a hundred-odd million Filipinos have only 600 psychiatrists in the country to meet their needs. The good news is that technology is making mental health treatment more accessible and acceptable. In this episode, Business World's Joseph L. Garcia talks to Mind Care Club's Brian Tenorio and Dr. Jeremy De Guzman about Telemental Health, a service that aims to bring mental health care to you through a screen in the security of your own home.
1: Hello, this is Joseph Garcia from Business World. Today, we're here with Mindcare Club CEO, Brian Tenorio. And he's also CXO, by the way. That's Chief Experience Officer. He can explain that later. And Dr. Jeremy De Guzman, who is head of Mindcare Club's head of medical operations.
2: Hi. Hi, Joseph. Nice to be here. Glad to be here. Would Glad you mind to be introducing
1: here. yourselves?
2: Hi, I'm Jeremy De Guzman. I am a medical doctor and researcher. And now, I'm with Mindcare Club in medical operations. A year ago, I decided to take up further studies in Kiel, taking up medical engineering design, which, and after my year there, I've come back and basically with Mindcare Club, I'm applying all that I've learned as a clinician, as a public health practitioner, and a now medical engineering designer and technologist, as Brian would say.
3: We like the profile of Dr. Jeremy very much because there's a lot of innovation there happening in health and policy, I think which are very good components to what we're doing right now. So my name is Brian Tenorio. I've come from a lot of sectors in the country. My studies involve design and human factors. I took up design management at Pratt Institute in New York, and I focused on design policy initiatives for developing countries. I've worked as an international consultant for WHO, Western Pacific Regional Office, and also the Asian Development Bank. I'm in a lot of sectors. I've come from design, I've come from fashion, I've come from F&B, so I'm the CEO. But I think more importantly, I'm the CXO, Chief Experience Officer, because my approach to this thing, Seth, is that I make sure that I create a space where the doctors can be best at what they do, where patients, their most comfortable selves, and where community can really be part of the process of treatment.
1: Telemental health, can you explain that?
2: At its most basic level, telemental health is to get care through a distance using telecommunications tools. So it's not strictly a new thing. In the late 90s, early 2000s, the National Center for Mental Health has actually launched suicide hotlines, and it's still working today. It's shifted around, but they still do exist. But with the advent of the modern internet, you can now use the internet to do the distance medicine. So what MindCare Club does in telemental health is you can see your provider using the internet. And there's a lot of back end to it that makes sure that your conversations with your provider, be they be a nurse, a, a doctor, a psychiatrist, or a psychologist, or a counselor, they'd be in a secure environment to talk and get their therapy and treatment.
3: I think in some words, it's still a face-to-face conversation, except that you're not in the same room. And because of that, it's more accessible. If you're not in the same place with your provider, if you have to travel 10 kilometers, 500 pesos on a ride, one way to get to your provider. Imagine the savings of saving time, travel time, money, time off from work. When we computed that, that's around 2,000 pesos per session that you could have just spent on quality provider care and your medication.
1: How does the dynamic change when you're not face-to-face and when you're you know, doing this dance?
2: In a nutshell, it's different, but the effects are the same, especially for telemental health because there's a strong focus in talk therapy. As a comparator, if you compare it to like, say, having a physical exam in psychiatry or mental health, it's a lot of survey questioning, answering, and back and forth. The platform lends itself well to that. And in the U.S. particularly, telemedicine is taking off, and it's actually more than just in mental health care. It's actually in a lot of places now, like primary care. I mean, our partners of the platform We use a platform called VC. They've done telesurgery in Iraq. So I think it's different, but it approximates the effects of face-to-face quite well.
3: It's the same and different at the same time. But I think the important factor is that it makes mental health treatment accessible and more affordable. And sometimes the problem is accessibility and affordability. Some people are not even going to be able to get to mental health treatment because it's just not affordable or close to them. And that's what telemedicine does.
1: Your mission-vision statement, please. Our mission is to help lessen sadness in the world. Can Dr. Guzman talk about that?
2: Sure. This is based upon the fact that access in general to healthcare is very difficult for Filipinos. That's why we have the universal healthcare law and a lot of these other initiatives that are trying to build better access to Filipinos leading to better quality care. And, you know, the world has changed and we can't simply do the same things without and expecting the same results. More people want care and care has become more expensive. And we know how technology has changed the world. I mean, in the last 10 years, you've seen an upheaval in our very society with the advent of social media. You know, you won't see any kid now without a smartphone. The internet has become indispensable for things like education, commerce, finance. Why not healthcare? Well, in healthcare, we've always been traditionally very conservative. And it's evolved now. So we think the time is right to actually use technology to help people and to help the Filipino people you know, have better access to mental health. And mental health is a burgeoning problem, as our CMO has been saying there's a growing epidemic of uh, mental health care problems in the country. So if you've seen in social media, there have been various posts of uh, kids airing out that they're for mental health or that they've heard of someone who's had a mental health affliction. And it's typically a progression from depression. And if you look at the, the posts right now of kids, they would always post depression memes. That means something because it talks about the general psyche of the population those that use the internet for instance and the patients are in the internet so i not use the internet to give access it's very hard to get a psychiatrist in this country and what mind Care's club is trying to do is not just expand access through technology but organize the other professionals within the mental health care space this would include psychologists and they're a burgeoning and very important health resource mental health nurses, which is also starting to gain traction here. And moving forward, we also want to capacitate the other mental health care professionals like counselors, general practitioners in the universal health care law. You keep hearing these things about kalusugan para sa pangkalahatan, primary care. That really means capacitating people like me. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I'm a doctor. Right now, I want to strengthen the very foundation of our health system, which is primary care. And mental health care is one of those areas in that primary sector. You know, they're integrated primary, secondary, tertiary. That's a long discussion. But at the end of the day, we want to improve access. We want to expand. We want to take advantage of the people that are already here. And we want to do it for the benefit of the Filipino.
3: May I add quickly our very nice tagline mental health and wellness for Filipinos everywhere? That's telemedicine.
1: Mr. Tenorio mentioned to me that the most widespread mental health condition in the Philippines right now is depression. Why do you think that's so?
2: Well, depression is actually a multifactorial disease. There's a biological component. Don't get me wrong. I think there's this idea or this, there's this cultural thing that na Nasa just in your But utak, mo lang yan. Pero ang utak natin is a biological thing. There are aspects of the illness which are biological, biochemical, but there's also a strong sociocultural bent. And usually, the spectrum of mental illness is quite fluid that you may have depression, but you'll have other things as well. And it can be quite insidious. We're talking about depression as something at the other end of the spectrum, which is quite severe. In the UK, for example, part of the reason why mental health was such a big thing was prior to World War II, these kinds of issues were never talked about. But after World War II, when they organized the National Health Service in the United Kingdom, a big chunk of the people going for health services were veterans. And they recognized, wait a minute, what is this thing? Why? They're completely healthy, but they can't function in society. They're having a hard time having a job. And suddenly they realized, whoa, it's PTSD in hindsight. Right now, what we're seeing, the surge in depression, is a combination of increased awareness, the changes in the demographic, and of course, access to information. And they're different. It's just a different society now. And we're more aware. We have more tools. But that doesn't necessarily mean we have more access. Of course, there's the burgeoning equity issue in the country. Not everybody has access to the basic standards of living. We have a high poverty rate. It's actually quite hard to live in Manila. It's it's a very rough and tumble place.
3: I guess in a way, change is something that always will happen. And uh, I think technology and the way it's done is inevitable. So it's got to start. It started in a lot of countries already, telemedicine. In the Philippines, not yet until Mind Care Club.
1: I find it troubling that they're like, we have more than 100 million people in this country and there are only, what, according to both of you, we only have 600...
2: Psychiatrists.
1: Okay, psychiatrists in the country. So there's a huge number that's underserved. So how many of these cases of depression you know, are undiagnosed and untreated?
2: To be honest, Joseph, that's hard to say. The good thing is there's awareness from the Department of Health and a lot of academic institutions that mental health is a problem. So the data is going to be coming. In the meantime, we're challenged with... Trying to address the underserved, and that's what we're trying to do.
3: From approaching the data for urban places or cities, mm-hmm. I have a feeling, and it's gut and in it's intuition, that I think a lot of cases would be underreported because of stigma.
1: I want to talk more about accessibility, meaning, am I going to have to have like really, really expensive software or hardware for this, for that matter? Do I need a really nice computer? From a perspective of human factors and design, we've made it very
3: good. In fact, the way the platform works, it works on thin internet. This is the same platform used by NASA with their astronauts for telemedicine. It's that kind of level, in the sense that you do not need strong internet, looking at around six Mbps at the least, which is a bit basic for some places right now in the country. You can use thin internet. I would always suggest as a person in design and in space design, a larger screen, like maybe a laptop more than a phone because the idea is to have a face that approximates the same size face as if you were talking to someone. It's harder to look at a big face looking at you or a small face looking at you. It feels different. And the closest it gets to a face-to-face, on-site conversation, the more I think it is effective and efficient.
1: All right. And how do you think this improving access to mental health... I was supposed to ask, like, how is it going to improve mental health treatment but then you know that kind of answers itself but i was thinking how will it change the way we look at mental health issues like i don't know the fact that i don't have to actually step out of the house and bother myself with all those little intricacies that will definitely eliminate a large part of my problem
3: oh i have several scenarios for you that would be a good example i think the first scenario is the doctor is in manila the patient is in let's say, Iligan. And there's not so many, let's say, psychiatrists in Iligan. And the preferred psychiatrist is in Metro Manila. So normally, and what happens right now, is they travel once a month to Manila just for that session. But imagine if you can do that and all the things you can. So scenario number one, there's minimal travel time. Scenario number two is that some patients, bedridden, for example, patients who are in s- sick, diba? with that idea, It's hard to have them come to a doctor and normally doctors, it's hard for them to also go to house calls. So the idea is you can do that on video conferencing. And the third one is let's say you are in a foreign location and a traumatic experience has happened to you. What you could do is ask for the help of the embassy and because it's Philippine territory also, they can make the conversation from there with a psychiatrist psychologist who is also Filipino or with Filipino context. Because of that, it's very important that they understand each other without a language barrier, without a cultural barrier, without a social barrier.
1: Yes, actually, I was going to get to that. Why is it important to have a mental health practitioner helping you who has the same cultural context? That has never occurred to me before. Like, for example, if I'm Filipino and I'm getting treated by, suppose I'm in the U.S. and I'm getting treated by somebody who would not have shared the same experience as me. How would that change you know, the way I'm treated?
2: The way people interpret mental health issues are closely tied to how they grew up and the experiences they had. So that's why having someone with a shared background is important. I mean, there were cases before of OFWs in Japan and you know, they couldn't speak to the providers in Japan even though they were going to be paid for. And even if they spoke Japanese, they couldn't understand some of the things that we value. For example, our close ties to family, the social aspect of our illnesses, where we actually have to relate, and sometimes the stigma around how we experience mental health care. So those are all important factors in treating patients. It's contextual.
3: I think even ordering food in a restaurant where it's not communication available makes it for not maybe the best food you can get. Let's see, you know? so. What about mental health? It's a bit more important. It's a bit more necessary to be communicating well and properly.
1: Okay, we've talked about the scenarios that would benefit from having telemental mental health access, but I was wondering, a lot of people don't seek treatment, aside from the fact that the logistics of it are difficult. You've mentioned stigma a while ago, but do you think that seeking mental health treatment remotely will help eliminate the stigma around seeking treatment in the first place? I think I can
3: answer that in terms of patient and support. The idea that you can do it a bit more privately or not be seen in a place where you might feel visible or not have to go to a basement of a building, that could feel very depressive, I would say, as a person in design. You don't have to go through all these things to make your treatment possible. I think there's a whole new generation right now of people who are more aware of mental health but also are better with technology. A lot of younger people right now are more comfortable talking on screens than in person. And because of that, you've made it more accessible. You've made it more effective. And because of that, it's better treatment, I think, in some cases.
2: Just to add on to Brian, at Mind Care Club, what we really want to do is to not just lessen the stigma, but actually lessen the barrier to you going in the first place. A good part of that would be, aside from the stigma, is actually the cost. I mean, if I were like 22, it's a starting job. By having something in the internet, which I could go to at a more convenient time, rather than go through the doctor's hours, and it's at a more appropriate cost, you know, I'm more inclined to actually avail of it. We always advocate that we want to catch the people who are starting to feel very overwhelmed. We want to tell them, hey, we're here for you. And you don't need to be embarrassed to go early because you have to take care of yourself. That's what we want to do. And that's why we're here. And it'll take some time to lower that barrier, but at the very least, because the costs have been lowered, the access has been increased, we are there and we are ready to serve you.
3: Can I discuss quickly costs? I love costs. Yes, costs is important. I was just about to ask that. <laughs> you read my mind. The idea that market forces are important. yeah. And in Mindcare Club, we found a way to bring down the costs in several ways. I can't tell you all these details, but what I can say is, for example, the most affordable level of service we have is 800 pesos per hour. That's really low in this country. The next ones would be one eight, two thousand two hundred, two thousand four hundred, three thousand, and then we have international psychiatrists with us also who charge in dollars. But what I'm saying is, even that they're lower now, we've also taken off the expenses from access, transportation, the time in traffic, the time in traffic you spent that could have been work time, overtime rates or whatever. The way we computed it is. If you live in Quezon City and you go to Makati for your treatment and you have to go there, you spend around five hours total travel time staying there and coming back. You spend around less than, well, 600 one-way, 1,202 return trip. Let's say, and then time away from work, 2,000 to 3,000 pesos just to get there. And then have to pay the 2,500 hourly rate of your psychologist or psychiatrist. To 3,000 plus 2,500, how much is that? 55. Five. And then... It's not an easy, nice travel time, you know, but you could abuse that extra money, that three thousand bucks, for getting a psychiatrist that's closer to you, maybe, or more money for your medication. So I think cost is most important, especially in the developing country sense. And because of that, I think it's more accessible. And because it's more accessible, people are gonna understand it better because they will have more chances to experience it. And because of that, I think from a market forces perspective, stigma should be lowered
1: okay i think we've pretty much outlined the benefit for me as an end consumer but for mental health practitioners what's the advantage of joining mind care club
2: right so the advantage for providers in joining mind care club is it really expands their reach of their service they're no longer bound by the infrastructure that they're in they can use telecommunications to reach more people have access to more patients And it also lowers the cost of investment. For example, if I'm going to start out a practice, instead of investing a couple of million to build a a clinic in a hospital, I can instead focus my time on seeing patients through telemental health. So that's the primary benefits to doing this. And we are creating a network. So we are creating a community, not just of patients, but of providers as well. So these people would you know, congregate and we want to do community events together and we want to do continuing professional development, not just for doctors, but for everybody in the mental health care team. That's the nurse, that's the general practitioner, that's the psychologist, that's a psychiatrist. We want to put them together. We want to have them talking to improve patient care.
1: I understand that there are a lot of avenues for myself to seek help, but how do I help myself in these areas? The thing with mental health care is that you can
2: actually build resilience. And there are strategies to deal with mental health care issues. There's no shortage of information on the internet. That's one. The other is your providers should be able to help educate you. And third is the first part of any self-improvement or self-management is awareness. So it's about giving ourselves the space and the chance to think about and reflect on ourselves as persons and how we can improve ourselves. So a good example is, you know, how and why did I feel this way today? What were the thoughts? What were the feelings? What were the events? And it takes a lot of encouragement to build that resilience and to build that self-awareness. It's a skill. And doing mental health care means giving yourself the opportunity to do so. Because sometimes we make this assumption that as we grow older, we will build the strategies necessary to manage ourselves. That's not entirely true. If you come from a dysfunctional family you've never had the chance or the role models to learn these these were never formally taught in school so that's why care and access is important because at the end of the day you're not gonna see your doctor for every little problem but seeing your provider to help you help yourself is why access is important so and there are things that you would need more support on which is why you need professionals But at the end of the day, it's to help you build the tools to be able to manage yourself and to be able to be aware to seek help when you need it.
3: I think access is also the most important thing. The idea that now you can access mental health better and easier and more affordably, I think that makes the most amount of incentive to try it out.
1: I think that's it. Would you like to tell anything else to our listeners?
2: Well, thank you for having us, Joseph. It's uh, been a pleasure. And if people want to know more about us, just go to mindcareclub.com.
3: We're also on Facebook. Of course, it's still Mind Care Club on Facebook and Instagram. We also have events. It's on our Facebook page also, Mind Care
1: Club. Thank you, we're very much honored to have you here.
0: And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Business World's Joseph L. Garcia talking to Mind Care Club's Brian Tenorio and Dr. Jeremy De Guzman about improving access to mental health care through technology. This episode was recorded on February 24, before Manila was placed on lockdown, in the Business World studio in Quezon City. This is Sam L. Marcelo. Thanks for listening. Keep safe and keep sane.